Straight out of the heart of Texas, here come the students of conflict, helping you become a better Malifaux player and reach the top of the podium, one game at a time. All right, welcome to Students of Conflict. We're Clay, Nick, and Doug. Hello. Hello. And we are trying to become better Malifaux players, leveling up ourselves and hopefully helping others level up as well. We do that by interviewing top third players from the Lone Star Conference, playing in Malifaux tournaments across the U.S. We're not trying to capture their entire tournament journey. We just want to take an in-depth look at a single game from each of our guests. Key decisions they made before the game, during the game, and now looking back at the game, what were the things that they learned and could pass on to others? Our basic format is to interview the guests all at once, just as soon as possible after the tournament, where it's all fresh in their minds and we can get some good cross-flow between the guests. But rather than publishing one long marathon podcast, we break it up, releasing one individual podcast per guest, helping people level up one game at a time. Today, we're speaking with Jonathan, Brian, and Nick. Hello. Yo. Hello again. Again. <laughs> Hello again. These guys came in third, second, and first at the February Malifaux monthly tournament held in Houston on 11 February. And we're going to be releasing these discussions with them as episodes 4A, 4B, and 4C. Here we go. All right. Welcome back, Brian. Hello, hello. Glad to be here. Yeah. First off, it was great to see you in person at the tournament. Um, It's been a while since I've seen you and uh, happy to see you back at the table. Yeah, I know. It's it's, uh, it's been a while, but uh, I'm glad I'm trying to get back into this regularly again. Fantastic. Well, uh, today we're going to be talking about the February tournament. And as usual, we have an icebreaker question. And that question is, who was your first master? And knowing what you know now, would you recommend them to new players? I don't know how applicable this is to me because I started back in second edition. So the lessons I learned from that master in second edition don't apply to third edition. (laughs) Um, But my first master was Seamus because that's every Reser player's first master because, you know, he's super cool. This murdery guy that teleports around and uh, has a harem following him around. So it's uh, a big (laughs) hat. Yes, it's great. Nice hair. But I think I dropped them after two or three games because Doug kicked my teeth in way too much with them. Uh, so I started looking elsewhere. And so technically I consider my first master as Nicodem because mm. he's amazing. Uh, <laughs> and I'm still upset that we'd killed him, you know, all these years later. And I can't recommend him because he doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He got his head he's cut dead. off. <laughs> Maybe he, he is in a gym in, in, uh, Mortimer's pocket, so he might come back one day. Okay, there you go. He said, I used to kick his teeth in. I used to be good at this game. <laughs> a long time ago. Yes. A long time ago. <laughs> well, you went from one of the harder masters to play to a broken master uh, in Nicodem because Mwahaha was ridiculous on that table. Oh, it was it was wonderful, but our meta was on the... Um, the flesh construct train where you ran like eight of them or seven of them. Uh, and so I brought in the Mwahaha special of summon, you know, seven zombies with a sort of Rodden's attacks and just beat people to death. And it was, God, it was so much fun. Um, I, I didn't make any friends playing Malifaux, but it, I, I had a lot of fun. So, right. <laughs> I, I forgot that minions did, were not rare. They didn't have a rare limit. Yeah. I remember uh, seeing seven thralls on a table at one point. 
there was a, a guild a guild list with guild patrol and it was like 16 guild patrol that you could run i mean <laughs> it wasn't good but you could do it <laughs> <laughs> well, all right well we'll roll back uh, roll into your game so we're going to look at one game that you played uh, during this three round tournament what what round are we going to be talking about uh, we're going to be talking about round three. Um, unfortunately, Clay, I'm sorry, I couldn't pick my losing round because I don't feel like I learned anything other than do better. Um, no so we'll talk about my round three game because I feel like it showcases Sonia a little bit better and why I brought her and why I feel that she's such a strong master. Okay. So playing Guild, what, what made you play Guild this tournament? So, I mean, I talk a lot of crap about how great Sony is, and I have for, I don't know if this is family friendly or not, I, if I can say the word crap. Go ahead, bleep that out later. Yeah, it's say fine. crap. It's, good. it's fine. Oh, it's all right. You can't say shit. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> can't say shit. Got it. <laughs> Number <Fuck> one rule. <laughs> but I've talked a lot of shit about how good Sony is over the years, and just always told people that they're wrong because they don't understand that she's such a great master. And I finally decided to put my money where my mouth is and start playing her. I was a player pre-COVID, then COVID hit, and I couldn't really get a lot of games in. So I feel like now is the time to uh, to try her out and see if she, if I'm right. Gotcha. So before the tournament, you declared your 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 faction with Guild. You're going in with Sonya. Mm-hmm. Were you stuck on Sonya one, Sonya two, or were you prepared to flex as needed? Oh no, I was running Sonya one the whole time. Uh, it was just I need to put her on the table. I need to get some games with her. I think this was my Game one was my fourth game with Sonya total. And so I was like, I need to figure her out. I need to try her in a tournament setting and just grind her. And so I felt this was a great time for that. Which is also why round one is not the choice, because that was actually a Sonya two game that I should have ran. <laughs> That's the lesson. <laughs> Play Sonya two into Mei Feng. Absolutely. But yeah, no, I was stuck on Sonya one the whole time. And I really wanted to get some reps in with her. Fantastic. Um, so uh, what did your opponent play? Uh, he ran Ulix 2. Uh, what is his... I don't know his title offhand. Pork Belly Protector. Pork Belly Protector, yes. Oh. Thank you. Who, go ahead and name drop your opponent in this in this round, because I think we all love this guy. So I ran into John Moser. Uh, wonderful opponent. Super friendly guy. I love playing him. Uh, you know, We went to Nova together. We hung out. I mean, he's just a great opponent all around, but he is also like Christian stuck on the bayou train and just can't seem to get off of it so gotcha. i feel bad i'm sorry i'm sorry john we all uh, love you john even with all the bayou talk and you too clay because i know you play bayou. i know i'm sitting here just and like, i own but, bayou but i can't me. argue against yeah. it i cannot argue <laughs> <laughs> they're fun they're just not good it's probably one of the funnest factions to play it's a guilty yeah. pleasure uh, they're a joint of paint yeah 100%. i can see that if i want to paint orcs but paint malifo yeah <laughs> correct touche so all right, uh, what were, what was the scheme pool for this uh, uh, for this round? Um, so this was round three. It was standard curse objects, catch and release, load them up, public demonstration, in your face, and secret meetup. And so into this, if I would have taken Sony two, load them up was an easy choice. But obviously, I was trying not to do that. Uh, so I ran secret meetup. Uh, with trying to get, uh, I ran secret meetup and in your face. Um, and the crews were Sony one with leadline coat. The totem, obviously, two hexbows, two, two quellers, and Samuel Hopkins. And I ran that into Ulix 2 with 10 cups of coffee or 12 cups of coffee. Penelope, Old Major, the Sal, Maris, Bo Peep, 
Hog Whisperer, and a Piglet. And so, like I said, I brought Secret Meetup because I felt that that was the most achievable one. You know, he's going to be running down field. Uh, I chose a central, nice central piece of terrain with uh, Maris and Samuel, hoping I could easily try to finagle some way to get into there. Um, and then In Your Face just seemed easy. You know, he's going to run into me with a bunch of war pigs, and I'll be able to score that was my thinking on that. So, that if you don't mind me jumping in here, I wanted to ask just the idea of Ulix pork belly protector liking to have his pigs on fire and Sonia liking to put stuff on fire. Yeah, you know, were were you worried about that? You know, obviously it ended up with you with the W, but how much of a concern was that when you saw him declare Ulix and you were like, "Oh shit, if he does pork belly protector, this is going to be interesting." You know. Oh, uh, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't even consider that going into our game um, <laughs> because if this is my first time seeing pork belly protector. So I didn't realize that if his stuff is on fire, that he can grow even faster, which is why he brought Maris is so he could, you know, start with fire and then grow that piglet. He started with into a uh, war pig and shove it on me. So didn't cross my mind at all, but okay. looking back at the game, I feel like if you are in this matchup as a Ulix player, you do not run Ulix 2. Because the burning is such a detrimental effect with Sonya 1 that the benefit is definitely just not there. And I guess I'll explain that a little bit because of this is why I feel that Sonya is so good. The smothering flames ability on the front of our card if this model is cruise leader, any models within line of sight reduce the range of their non-melee actions by an equal amount to the value of their burning condition. So as he sets the stuff on fire, the ranges of all of his abilities and actions get smaller and smaller and smaller. And even, you know, if they have, if they want to assist the fire off, that's reduced by this smothering flame. So once they start on fire, it just starts ramping up and they have to clump more and more and more to get all their different abilities to go off with pork belly protector. Um, so I think while it sounds really fun on paper, it does not work well in practice, uh, as we as we will see in this game. It was not a happy barbecue for everyone. <laughs> uh, Sonia yeah. enjoyed the barbecue. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yeah. There's also the um, and I'd have to look it up, but there's a there's a front of card Ulix ability. Hold on, let me just look it up real quick. Oh yeah, okay. Friendly pig ends a move in base contact with or moves to an enemy model, which is something they want to do. They want to stampede you. They want to get up a close to you and in your face. Um, the enemy model gains burning one. So, so something that is great for other crews. You know, he's happy to put other crews on fire. I'm not sure that he wants to put Sonya's crew on fire much. It's not really much of a good thing or a bad thing into Sonya okay. one. Sonya two, it's a horrible ideal uh, idea because she can use it for plus flips. But Sonya 1, the only real benefit to them being on fire uh, is twofold. Either one, you run a guild mage or a spell eater and convert their burning into a different condition like focus, which is my preferred method of dealing with her own burning. <laughs> or two, the thrall has a 1 AP action where he just sucks off all the burning from models nearby and heals himself. Unfortunately, it is an AP, but it is it is a way to get deal with the burning. So it's not bad and it's not good for Sonya for her to be on fire per se. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So I got a question there. Uh, Cause you mentioned that you like to use the guild mage to turn one uh, condition into another. 
you didn't hire a guild mage. No, I did not. No. Why not? I I just have my preferred method to do that because I wanted damage output. In this game, my idea was curse objects or curse curse objects. I'm just going to blow them off the board as fast as possible. And guild mages give you more staying power rather than killing power. So my idea was I'm just going to shoot him to death as fast as possible. I know going to the game by you as a whole are squishy and Ulix is even squishier because he's a summoner. So I don't really need a lot of survivability in my career. I just need to be able to punch you hard. So guild mages were not really considered. Actually, I never won a single a single one this tournament. I know, it's surprising. <laughs> I probably should. Well, in the Witch Hunter keyword, though, the discards are from basically Counterspell. Are there any other discards that you would be able Drain to... Drain Magic. Drain Magic, yep. You're absolutely right. Okay, so those triggers are scattered throughout the whole keyword, aren't they? Yeah, or if, yeah, so it's drain magic and I think there's another way with spell eaters. But I mean overall there's only really counter spell oh and hexbows. Uh hexbows can force a discard on one of their gun actions once per activation. Pretty much they shoot you and then you say, Hey, discard a card or I get to add a trigger to this ability. And I mean, the trigger you're going to add is King's Glory, which lets Sonya take a free shot on you. So pitch a card or Sonya gets a free shot on you. What would you like to do? Uh, and that's, that's another way you could get the um, Guild Mage proc. All right. So you're, we're, you're starting the game. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got your models deployed. It sounds like your game plan was to be the aggressor and to get off as much AP off the board as possible from your opponent. Is that accurate? Yes, which is especially hard because he's a summoner so summoners inherently are ap positive in games they just add ap and with his ability to summon pigs is going to be very difficult so um right off the bat my goal was i need to start killing things you know first or second activation stuff needs to start burning down so i just went in with a killifo mindset and that's how i deployed deploy very aggressive on the front line uh and was just prepared for him coming at me as fast as possible gotcha and then i i have to ask i saw the quellers in the list why two um and did they come (laughs) with great effect is there a lesson learned there so quellers got buffed back in february 2022 uh and they became very interesting with their anti-magic field where they yeah. can just turn off triggers on my friendly models. So like you can't declare triggers when you're attacking them. And that was pretty much the main reason. Um, and then also suppress magic be nice. You know, you get a nice little bubble in case he brings in Ulix and he can't stone or he has to pitch a card in order to use stones. So I felt that maybe they could be useful. And honestly, I was trying them out. I want to see <laughs> how they worked. Um, and I don't regret it at all. They, they worked out perfectly fine. Yeah, I mean, they did their job. They shot stuff to death. And um, I don't know if I'd run two again, but it was definitely worth it. Well, that, that's also uh, that suppressed magic is another way to get a guild mage to proc. A guild mage or the uh, or a spell eater to proc. Yeah. Well, I think I actually forgot about this ability on one of the turns when Ulix came in, but it would have been nice for it to go off when uh, it could have. 
<laughs> it is so refreshing to hear you speak that way, though. Like, you know, you, you guys are, you know, our guests here are all top table folks here. And uh, uh, and so it's like, yeah, it's nice to be able to hear that you can forget front of card stuff. Oh, I forget stuff all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's fantastic. All the time. Uh, as long as you don't forget the important things. That's right. what matters. <laughs> Words to live but I guess it's maybe so it's maybe knowing what the important things are that you can forget versus yeah. the ones you can't. That's what right. gets you to the top table. Yeah, right. like you can't forget. We broke the code. You can't forget <laughs> smothering flame on Sonya's card. If you forget that, you lose the game. Absolutely lose that game. But forgetting a suppress magic, you know, it's it'll be fine. Right. Yeah, not very cool. All right. So you know, the game started. Um, tell us a little bit about how the game flowed. Um and uh, uh, the ultimate result. And really, we want to know, what were some of the key things that you learned about this game? Yeah. So it started off, you know, he moved Maris up, or yeah, he moved Maris up, gave some burning outs, and then he immediately turned the little piglet into war pig and just ran it at my face on turn one. I think it was maybe second or third activation the third activation that war pig was in my deployment zone. It had killed a hex bow. It had taken a thrall down to one health. I mean, it was doing so much work, my deployment zone that I was terrified that I made a major mistake going into turn one. I mean, 30, third activation, you got dead models and a summon model in your deployment zone. That's just doing a bunch of damage. You're, you're scared, but you know, the thrall was down to one life, but he sucked off all the burning. As I mentioned, you know, when they run to my models, they give me burning. I sucked off all that burning, healed him back up, so I was fine. Um, killed the war pig, and then um, I set Ulix on fire. And honestly, the game was over at that point. So a Hexbo charged with run and gun, shot him, set him on fire, shot him again, set him on fire, pitched a card, shot him for a third time. <laughs> and he was like burning three, and then Sonya shot him, took him to burning six, and blasted oh, wow. to do more burning nearby. And the problem with Ulix is his range is only eight inches for his summons. And he was trying oh, to be cagey wow. where he keeps his piglets at exactly eight inches so he could summon. And his goal was to uh, turn a piglet into a war pig, one to turn and just throw it at me and just tie me up the whole game. But when he's burning six, that range is two inches. <laughs> so he couldn't do it. And his game plan was just gone. And so he was like, I can either move back and try to still do my thing, but waste AP moving away. And I'm still gonna get, get I'm still gonna get shot. Like there's no way I can avoid it with where the board state is. So turn two, Ulix decides, screw it, and charge across the board and comes at me. Um I turn him into a enraged thrall, which is very happy. <laughs> burn milestones very quickly i think early turn two and then it was like okay well you're burning five five damage you're a thrall thank you that's awesome yeah it was it was fun <laughs> and once that happened i mean ulix's crew doesn't stand up very well to damage and once the summoner's gone summon crews fall apart and that's essentially what happened where you know uh old major came in uh, into melee with Sonya, she just beat him death with their sword. Sammy walked up and shot the Sal off the board, and it was almost a close game because of I've never seen Maris go off the way she did on turn three, turn four, and turn five. Well, I guess turn three and turn four. So, you know, most of the crew is dead, and he is like, okay, we're gonna keep it as tight as we can. 
you know, play for the points. And so he was trying to run around, do his schemes and stuff. I think he took, uh, loaded him up with scheme markers. So he just had his pit list running in my backfield, trying to drop schemes to try to spread him out as much as possible. But Maris runs into the middle of my crew. He ditches three cards, throws four shockwaves at me, and devastates my crew. Everyone fails those flips. And I'm just, I'm hurting. I'm like, okay, you know, it's not great, but uh, I'll survive. Like, we'll get through. I'll, I'll kill Maris next turn. It's fine. Well, I don't kill her. And she does it mm. again. And she devastates my crew again, takes everyone down to like one or two health. Wow. And I was like, okay, well, crap. I have nothing to deal with this. So I just set her on fire. Like, literally, I just. <laughs> She's burning like six. So her, no, she's burning five. So her range is one on her shockwaves. And she's engaged with Sonia. So then she's like, okay, well, I guess I can't do anymore. Thank God. Because if she would have had that go off again on turn six, I might have lost that game. But I've never seen those shockwaves do so much damage. <laughs> and he just looked at me and would just smile and pitch three cards and throw four shockwaves at me. It was very, <laughs> it's pretty good. Not gonna lie. Bet you wish you'd taken the guild mage when she was doing that. <laughs> you know? Doug, you are absolutely right. Because actually, that would have worked. Yeah. Could have healed everything. It, it only procs once per activation. The guild mage. Oh, is yeah. it, it's not once yeah. per model? It's once total? Yeah. yeah. Uh, she then, can only heal one person one time per activation. Yeah. Then, but still, it's, you know, getting yeah. at least that proc. That small heal that would have been useful. Yeah, so there was another point where so for um, Secret Meetup, I needed, Maris was in position. I had the scheme markers down, but I had to get Sammy over to engage her, but uh, but he was engaged. No, no, I had one scheme marker down. I had to drop one more scheme marker, and I could have engaged her and score the first point of Secret Meetup. And he had Penelope tying up a Thrall and a Summoned Stalker. Um, and I shot that stupid dog with four <laughs> models. Spending focus, uh, ignoring the negatives to friendly fire. And I couldn't hit the stupid dog, which cost me a point. I mean, dumped, I think it was like, what, eight, nine? It was nine AP of shots into a one health model because she was already down to two and she's on fire. But I just need her to die so I can go drop a ski marker and score one point. And she just dodged everything. It's very frustrated. How much of that was was just you know I'm I'm gonna say luck, and how much of that was you know good maybe deck management on John's part? You know that he he was able to drop shockwaves on you when he knew that you had you know an on average cold deck. You know, or or, or, or do you know was it just luck? What do you think? And same with the Penelope one. Oh, yeah. not to downplay John's skill or anything. But all of that was 100% luck. And the reason why I say that is because the Maris ditching cards and doing shockwaves was the first thing he did in both of those turns. So there's <laughs> okay. no way he knew I would have a cold deck, right? Okay. Or that he would know that I drew a bad hand so I, I couldn't cheat to save. I, I think I could cheat like once per time per round. And the Penelope just dodging, that was also luck because it's a Again, he didn't have any models, so our decks were still pretty full at that point. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I want to give him credit where it's due, but it, it was absolute luck that the dog just dodged everything. So frustrating. 
And we'll take the luck when we can as Bayou yeah. players, I guarantee. But at the same time, it's, uh, I, I did want to ask on that. So thank no, you. No, you're fine. Yeah. And shame on you for trying to kill a poor defenseless dog. Yeah. Especially <laughs> when that was already on fire and was going to yeah. die anyway at the end of the turn. Right. So i got to ask, what are some of the biggest lessons or themes from this game? The biggest theme that, or the biggest lesson is I've really missed card draw. <laughs> I mean, coming from Rezzers... Welcome to Guild minus Perdita 2. I mean, coming from Rezzers where you have card draw in all sorts of shapes and sizes or intuition on all your masters, you know, it's it's real rough going to just, (laughs) I have six cards and that's it. Dream Magic helped a little bit overall, but um, yeah, I mean, deck management is very difficult with six cards. But other than that, I mean, I think I could have gone for the Maris point earlier if I would have been a little bit more risky. I could have managed the War Pig a lot better than I did. Uh, I just wasn't thinking about him pushing the Piglet through, pushing it, what, six inches or eight inches, and then it turning into a War Pig, and then it recklessing and going after my face. Uh, I didn't measure for that, and I should have. So I took away a lot from that game on what I'm facing when I run into Ulix 2 and what I need to be uh, prepared for. Because if I didn't set him on fire and reduce all of his ranges and then reduce all of his models ranges, it would have been a much rougher game. Fantastic. And also, I think Sonya 2 would have been better because her power markers are severe and you can't ignore them. So I could have just cluttered the whole board and said, good luck trying to get through to me. So MVP model. Hexpos. Oh, really? Because of their ability to give burning on turn one before Sonya activated, she was able to ignore the concealment to then shoot him because he was hiding in a forest. Oh, nice. But Hexbows naturally ignore concealment on their shots and they have run and gun. So I was able to get three shots on Ulix turn one. And they, and they had the auto blaze trigger. So, like, it's. Yeah, blaze is oh built my in. Gosh. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, that just, that just clicked because usually you have Sam Hopkins set that. Yep. system up or a spell eater if it's a pulse and you just d- dive one in to start that or you have to like give sonya focus to bypass concealment i mean there's a bunch of tricks you had to do before this new book came out and i really think the hexpo just added that extra piece of tech that sonya needed to elevate and be good it's, and I mean, that King's Glory trigger on them is also just, oh my God, it's so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, Sony gets a free shot. Good luck. Yes, please. Yeah. yeah. Any out of activation shots from Sonya are good. I mean, you would know that, Mr. Perdita. That's nasty. I don't know what you're talking about, kind of, but maybe. But out of activation about. guns are, are just great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Doug, can you uh, edit that out, please? Um, I want no, weird no. listening. You know yeah. what? I want uh, everyone to hear how much i hate perdita 2 i mean perdita 2 is probably the second bro- most broken model in the game right now as we'll hear about i quit in this in the next episode <laughs> this is the conflict coming soon yeah so with uh with hexpos as uh as the mvp and because they're minion three right is there ever a, con- a time where you would actually consider taking three or is two kind of the sweet spot for them you know, I think if I could go back and change my list, I would probably drop a Queller for a third Hexbow. I mean, the the running gun is just, it's so powerful. It's a 17-inch threat range. And then just the forcing of a discard or 
add triggers is obviously just really good because you can burn their hand early because no one wants the free shots from Sonya. And if you can do it three times in a game, that's half their hand. So yeah. uh, I think three Hexpos is definitely on the table in a lot of games. Hexpos are solid models. I mean, they, you could also do the cheeky run and gun of run and gun and then target practice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did use target practice to knock off one of the ski markers to deny his um his load him up. Oh, that's uh, cheap. That's fantastic. I needed a three and yeah. I oh, okay. four. So I was like, oh, that's easy. <laughs> yeah, no, this is right. I, I did the run and gun charge, shot Maris to give her burning, and then I picked up the ski marker. It's beautiful. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So you didn't do the target practice thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's a gun action. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, no, I just love the idea of like a red joker target practice at some point, you know, turn five, <laughs> the final point, you know, but, yeah. but it wasn't quite that dramatic. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's 18 inches away. Pop. Got it. You know, I just realized that the Hexpos have another discard on the front of card that can be utilized by the, the mage and it's the heat of battle, the, the cavalier ability. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They can pitch a card to take a free action. Yes. So pitch a card, heal, and shoot. When we talked to Trey and when we talked to Ambrose about that, they both were big on the um, Guild Mage with really any of the Cavalier stuff because... Cavalier is so good. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I know I didn't do it in this game because of it was a Killifo game, but Luisa also is a big piece of tech that I think is really good with Sonya 1 um, and Sonya 2. If I'm being honest, she, uh, the problem with Sonya one is she's not mobile. She can't get to your deployment zone or your side of the table very easily. Her only options before Cavalier was Sammy with his move six and creep along. He could, you know, bolt up the board 18 inches, but he's not very good at surviving and he's a high cost henchman. He doesn't really have a lot of free, easy interacts, so it's very difficult for him to do cool stuff. Um, he's not really a scheme runner. He's just fast. Luisa is the same price, even out, out of keyword. She's just as fast. Uh, I mean, faster. She ignores everything. She has an action where she can just like move and then interact in, for one AP. Uh, and then her bonus is probably the biggest fun piece that works with uh, Sonya 1. Where, I mean, she throws a shockwave, whatever, one damage to attract one. Um, but the ramp trigger is until the end of phase, enemy models that fail to resist uh, suffers dam- when they suffer damage from a blast, aura, or pulse, it's plus one damage. So all mm. of Sonya's blasts are an extra damage. If she drops a pyre marker with her bonus on Sonya 2 and like pulses out the thing for one damage, it's two damage at that point. And it's a 10-inch range. There's a lot of interactivity with that trigger that can just put the extra element of damage on the rest of the crew's actions. That's just devastating. Fistful of arrows on the hex bows get plus one damage. Oh, that's I awesome. mean, uh, what about Sonya One's tactical, the hazardous aura? That's an aura that does damage one, burning one. Is would that be damage too? Uh, yeah, because it's an aura. Oh no, 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 no because I. Suffers damage from Pulse. You know, I don't know, actually, Sonya. Yes. Smoldering Soul, the three-inch aura. Well, so it counts the aura as hazardous terrain. I don't think they're taking Uh, damage from the aura. 
This is a great question for like, yeah, we, we will need uh, to know that for the next tournament there, Doug. Well, how about <laughs> I make a note of that? Uh, what? Run Sony again for a second tournament? I can't be predictable. <laughs> Absolutely not. But somebody else, somebody else is going to hear the episode and be like, ah, let's get going with some Sonya action here. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, future Doug may uh, jump in here and clear up if that in does indeed work because that sounds nasty so i gotta uh, i don't think out. it does because it counts the the three inches around her as hazardous terrain and the terrain is one damage burning one so you're not really suffering damage i mean maybe uh, you know what well, says um suffers damage from a blast pulse or aura effect uh okay then maybe it does so i think so... it does She's in two damage, burning one to people that fail that duel, which is more hand pressure that she doesn't need, but she will very well welcome. Okay. <laughs> Not going to say no. You may see yeah. this next weekend. <laughs> right? I I mean, the thing that I really like about Sonya is the amount of hand pressure that she has. Um, the the crews that I like playing in general are very pressury, um, where it forces your opponent into bad decisions or bad corners or bad situations that they just it's hard to come out of so sonia really attacks people's hands so they have less options with their hands even if they're getting rid of ones and twos you know those are back in their deck to flip or draw next round and the smothering of flame where you just reduce the range on their actions uh is devastating to most of the masters in this game yep so Sorry. All right. It's my rant of why I love Sonia. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think it's great, great information because I think people have been sleeping on Sonia one and what she brings, especially in a world with twice as many master cards than yeah. when we played her originally. I mean, and I mean, ever since I was talking, I was saying how great she was. Now we have Hexbuzz and Louisa, and I think that she's now just phenomenal in this in this version of Malifaux. So, who knows? Maybe I'll start maining her instead of Unstuck. <laughs> oh. I'll take... I'd be okay with that, because <laughs> your Von Stuck is brutal. Thank um, you. And Daw. So, just stay out of Rezzers, please. Uh, <laughs> but Daw's so much fun. Not for I'm you, still, but for me. I'm still bitter. Of, yeah, LVO 2020, screw you, and Daw, and the uh, ports. Also, Nova. Don't, for, don't forget Nova with Perdita, too. No, I don't really care to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> See, weird. Perdita two is not broken. There is a counter. That you, is. You just have to have terrifying and hand pressure so she can't draw cards. Yes. Yeah, that was brutal. That was, that was fun. Yeah. So, uh, games wrapped up. We're looking for some advice for some of the the bottom third players. Uh, somebody that maybe is new to the game. Maybe uh, someone that hasn't seen Sonya one on the table because she's kind of a lost and forgotten pick for, uh, for guild at the moment. Um, any advice, uh, if, if they see Sonya declared, uh, in their app, whenever you join. So the big one is don't clump up, you know, everyone likes to deploy in a line, you know, that's like, Oh, I'm going to put all my big models in the center together in this nice little line or this cluster to make sure that, everyone's within the right auras and all that good stuff um, with maybe one or two models out on the flanks to go score as scheme runners. That bubble, uh, Sonya will, her first activation, walk forward and just set everything on fire. And that's, burning one AP on a move four walk is worth 
the entire crew being on fire and then all those auras and bubbles turning to zero. <laughs> it's absolutely something that I've seen a lot of newer players do that aren't expecting the smothering flames. Also, that is a line of sight thing. So you can always block that. You can body block that if you really need to. So, I mean, I've seen people throw 50 mils down the table into melee with her, not even caring that her has a strain auras up because they just, they want to make sure that she can't see models so they can actually start doing their own things again. So gotcha. be very careful with smothering flame. It will ruin your life. Fair enough. Only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> yes. Doug, you're so dumb. <laughs> you know you love me. I do love you. Oh, golly. Um, so any advice for the middle third, the the middle tier player that has maybe understood their crew and, and, and uh, uh, understand a lot of the rule sets and, and come to face Sonia? Are there any tips for them, whether it's at crew build or declaration or any activities to, to watch out for on the on the table obviously the same piece of, of advice uh but you also add in bring in things to remove burning right uh models with the uh i can't remember the ability where they can take the assist action and then gain fast like the nurse has quick cure quick cure so like quick cure is a good option because if you know they can assist gain fast and keep assisting to remove burning uh anything with condition removal that can remove conditions is going to be really powerful in the Sonia. And yeah, I mean, just body blocking is huge into her. Uh, also, you want to be sure you're being very careful because everyone goes, oh, it's Sonia. She's a gun line. Just charge across the board and engage her. But then she has her has a strain aura and then counter spells across her entire crew. So you're going to be pitching cards, get any triggers. So if you're going in, make sure you have the cards in hand two cards in hand per trigger that you need to declare to knock her down and uh, try to outgun her if you can, or outrange her because, I mean, melee is going to be hard, difficult. All I guess is that's hard to do because she's such on fire and your range is now less than hers. So, I don't know. <laughs> be careful. Be careful. All right, so for all the top tier players on the panel, which is everybody, <laughs> in my opinion, you um, are wrong, brother. And I've got my pencil. I've got my pencil ready. What's it take to beat Brian Bauer at a game of Malifaux while he's piloting Sonya? Attack my hand. Attack your Burn hand. me out of my hand as fast as possible or force me to use cards. That that's how you beat me. Absolutely. Doug, you can edit that out and we can ask the real question next. No. <laughs> so, so how do you really do it? <laughs> <laughs> Buy him lots of beers? No. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, lots of bribes. Uh, some good vegan food. There you go. Some <laughs> nice. cookies. No, but seriously, like, the the biggest weakness, weakness I've seen of Sonia is her hand management is very difficult. So if you have any way to force her to burn cards on simple duels, like what Maris is doing to me, any way to make me discard or pitch cards, uh, all of those are going to be very very detrimental to her keyword because she doesn't have any way to really draw cards other than drain magic. But drain magic is draw a card and then discard a card. So if you have nothing in hand, you just draw and discard. So um, yeah, but it helps if you got a guild mage. <laughs> it it does help if you have a guild mage. Yes, that is true. Or or a spell eater. Uh, although I guess I won't give myself burning. Unless it's only two. But 
attack our hand and wait well what are the spell leaders doing on the discard uh mo- the model can gain burning or poison so i mean if the spell leader is nearby you can be on fire and poisoned so you tick twice at the end of the round it's good times <laughs> it's it's not good it's awful <laughs> All right. Well, uh, any uh, uh, any questions from the from the group for Mr. Brian here? Yeah. So, uh, Brian, in your opinion, was there any moment where where John could have like you know punted and and tried to change his game plan to to have a chance against against Sonya One, or was it was it kind of over as soon as he w- went full in with 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 his plan A? Um, as soon as he walked into the forest it became very detrimental for him and he was on the back foot from that moment on because once Ulix got into range of the hexbows it prevented him from doing his crew doing what he wanted to do with his crew he could have also deployed i know i just said you shouldn't but closer together with that eight inch bubble you know maybe keep the pick list three inches away instead of at eight inches away would have been the only other real mitigating factor that would have helped them in that game yeah, I think it's hard with the Hexpos being so new. They have so much on their card. Sometimes you forget things like they ignore concealment. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, they can blast and ignore concealment, and they get whatever suit they want, and they can uh, run and gun. And, and friendly can... fire. Don't forget friendly fire. <laughs> they can shoot three times. Yeah, so, okay. That's right. True. I mean, just, yeah. I mean, Hexpos just, oh, my God. They're so good. Oh, and they, he randomly now has blasts on all of his shots. So <laughs> uh, have fun. Oh, are you focused? Well, I'm going to hit you with the cleansing strike and end your focus condition. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so much on their car and they have so much flexibility that if you see one on the other side of the table, they need to die as soon as possible. That's They should be your number one priority target in a, against Sonya. They are fun to use uh, Obey on. <laughs> Why? The one game I've played against them, I obeyed a hex bow and made, basically I made the hex bows fight. It was funny oh, okay okay i was like is there something specific of obey that's detrimental like they are able to use the uh bit with the discard a card or i get a, a trigger bit because it's once per activation not once per turn the king's glory is once per turn oh 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 discard a card yeah they're, they're not going to get use the king's glory they'll just use a different um trigger like they'll get you double burning or something there oh right you get the rune quiver Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes trigger, sense. Yeah. You did get the benefit of that as a. Uh... Yeah, I was like, is there some weird thing where like you have a writer obey charge and make them burn all their tokens on themselves? Like, <laughs> that's probably my my favorite obey target is writers. Oh god, oh, that's yeah. nasty. Yeah. Uh, you've done against me. Don't even act like you're surprised. Right, yeah. Pretend like it's wow. What a what? great idea. That's I'm cool. Never... <laughs> <laughs> Fucking <laughs> never bring a writer into Zoraida. It's a horrible idea. Yeah, no, no, horrible idea. How about um, just kind of general target priority? That uh, and I, I'm not sure if this is you know at what level we'd be asking this question, but I'm asking it as a, as a lower tier guy. If I'm trying to go in against a Sonya crew, who do I want to hit first? There's a lot of redundancy, so I, I don't know. Yeah, what, what do you think? So that? you want to hit the Hexbos, and the reason why I say that is that the rest of the crew has shielded. You know, they all have um, Arcane Shield and they gain Shield at the start of the turn. Hexbows don't have that. They're just Defense 5, 7 Wound Minions, and they're the most vulnerable if they're within range. Obviously, they have a 12-inch gun. They can run a gun so they can get out of uh, they can get out of danger fairly quickly. 
but if you have an opportunity that they need to go down otherwise they're just going to run along the flanks and pepper you with arrows and it's never going to stop which is hilarious for me but yes they, they need to be the number one target the thralls are terrifying i mean they're three four seven eaters yeah with uh the built-in trigger uh with built-in crit strike Sony is always a great target, but I think that the Hexbows are such a core component to how she plays now that if they're up, you're going to have a bad time. Makes sense. Thanks. Mm-hmm. That's how you beat me. You just kill my Hexbows. <laughs> just. Air quotes around yeah. just. And get rid of his hand. <laughs> yeah. Piece of game. Yeah. Every master has the ability to hand drain, right? Yeah, sure. Totally. That's, that's the thing. All right. Any other questions from the group? So um, it's a very important question because uh, everyone really wants to know this because obviously this was Sonia versus, you know, a great big barbecue feast. Yes. So does Sonia prefer Memphis dry rub style baby back ribs <laughs> oh, Jesus. or a Kansas City style? We're going to go with Memphis because I'm from Kansas City and I hate that place. <laughs> this is more in Kansas City. See, I learned something new today. I learned important information yes. from my stupid questions. Well, <laughs> now you can steal my information if my if the question security question is where were you born? Yeah. See, see, no stupid questions, just stupid people. We know your first master, and we know where you were born. We, we got it all now. That's wow. everything. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. What is your mother's maiden name and your first pet's name? I will not be answering these questions. <laughs> well, all right, Brian. Well, thank you for joining us. I got to ask, do you have any plugs or parting thoughts uh, before we sign off? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, I always like to plug Doug's top design and everything that I talk about, but he's going to plug himself anyway because of this is his podcast. He's one of the hosts of this podcast. Our, yeah, our podcast. you're the host of this podcast, okay? But I always like to plug Top Doug Designs. I appreciate it. Soon we will be having our, or we're planning the Texas GT, I believe. Yes. That's coming yes. up. I have dates for it. We have dates and a schedule, so we're getting there. And then obviously, Heroic Scale Gamers, they're doing a wonderful job with the YouTube channel. Um, they're just getting better slowly which is awesome. I mean, this last time uh, they had this whole setup with a camera that could move and slide around and they're doing a lot more interactive stuff with the webcam or, or with the YouTube videos and stuff. So they're getting better and better with their battle reports of our tournaments. So just a big shout out to them. Yeah, uh, totally agree. Heroic Skull Gamers has been an awesome addition to our monthlies. And even when we met them at the GT, I mean, they've just been fantastic people. So shout out to them. Well, all right. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll, we'll sign off. Students of Conflict is brought to you by Top Dog Design. Check out topdogdesign.com for all of your Malfo terrain needs. Top Dog Design, 3D printable designs to enhance your tabletop. Students of Conflict is not an official product of Weird Miniatures LLC. All intellectual property belonging to Weird Miniatures is used with permission. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of entities they represent. Any content provided by our guests and or hosts are their opinion and not intended to malign any group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Woo!
So I ran into John Meyer. John John who? This is John Moser. Moser, sorry. Edit that out. Edit, 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 edit. <laughs> All right. So uh, say that again. Okay. 